Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Shot of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and we had just finished recapping the whole season of Dark, season one. We're getting ready to go into Dark, season two, but first, we wanted to do some Wheel of Time and talk about some Robert Jordan stuff, and I had to bring in the OG co-host, the OG sweet child. It's Marshland Monster. Ahoy there, James. Ahoy, and refer to me as woman child of time from now on. Okay, why, why is that? Are, are you are you gender swapping on us? What's going on? Uh, no, I, that that's a big thing in this. She's like, I'm a woman child, I'm pure. <laughs> I don't remember her saying the phrase woman child, but yeah, she, oh, was, yeah. she was very uh, behind the times, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, literally, everyone's behind the times. This is fantasy land. <laughs> it is fantasy land. We're not there yet. We, uh, I wanted to get with you, James, because we haven't talked to you in quite some time, and a bunch of Wheel of Time stuff is happening right now. <gasps> so I had to bring you on board, and you were like, how about we uh, celebrate some Robert Jordan and watch one of his creations, Conan. Well, it's not his creation, but he had a big hand in Conan. So, Ruh-roh. but I know there's plenty of good stuff. It's in the world of Wheel of Time, James. Let's dip into that world if we may. Um, um, what do we say? Fine water and shade. Yes, we're going to say that at the end, but right now we're just going to dive into that water. Uh, September 1st, James, our calendars are booked. We've got season two coming up, and of course we're going to be doing our our, uh, recaps uh, maybe like two or three days after their air date. That's what my plan is anyway, and I'm going to hold you to it. Gunpoint, even though I don't, I don't have a gun, so... I'm not going to get a gun. What are you talking I'm... about? <laughs> Everyone should own a gun, Stephen. Um, uh, yeah, sure. My, my, people know where I live. Yeah, my house is heavily armed. Um, <laughs> couple guard dogs. I have an Airzooka. <laughs> I have an Airzooka. An Airzooka? Is that like one of those Nerf guns? It's like a big old like tube that has something that like a rubber band with plastic that you pull back, and when you whop it out, <laughs> it blasts air in someone's face. Okay, I got. It's airs. pretty cool. I got air zooted. How's that? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and you can put an air zooka in a swimming pool, and it'll you will feel like water uh, whips you in the face. I know. I I I, lo- I haven't been in a pool in a very long time, probably since. Charlotte was, you know, child age where she wanted to go to the pool with her parents. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been quite some time. I got to get in there again, man. I haven't lost my swingivity and probably like, no, no, no. I take that back because me and Heather always go to the river. The river counts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm good then. But no pools, no beaches. I don't know. The last time I went was in like February and it was maybe negative five degrees <laughs> out. And it was to show Nicole or teach Nicole how to swim properly at the local pool that she's at. Oh, and okay. <laughs> I, so I, I got out, couldn't be, there wasn't like dryers or anything. So my hair was fr- like frozen. Yes. <laughs> we did that one year too. We went up to um to West Virginia and there was went to a ski resort and we were snowboarding. Me, Heather and Caleb. This is a long time ago. Same thing. Outdoor pool, totally heated, totally awesome. No one was out there because it was I mean there was like feet of snow on the ground, but we mm-hmm. went out there. We swam around exactly what you were saying like our bodies were so comfy, but our heads were freezing cold and our hair was frozen. It was great. I loved it. There's hot springs in Colorado that I'd love to go during the winter time, but 
it feels like someone designed these these hot spring motel hotel resorts in like 1978 and has not <laughs> updated them oh since so it it feels awesome <laughs> yeah but yeah you kind of feel like you're back in time like pre-birth <laughs> I'm all of a sudden like, Nicole, let's start swinging. <laughs> Why not? Get the fishbowl out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of the fishbowl, uh, Wheel of Time season one is going to be available on Freebie, the, the platform yes. service Freebie on Roku. It's not there yet. I don't know when it's coming out. They just announced that season one Wheel of Time will be available on Freebie. And so I downloaded Freebie, looked for Wheel of Time. It's not there. Every couple of days I take a peek. It's still not there. But I just wanted to let the listeners know that I'll let you know as soon as it happens. And you can get on board and listen to me and James talk about season one. We recapped them. We rewatched them. And that's all we're going to do. <laughs> now it's mm-hmm. on to season two. You know, you technically, you don't need freebie yourself. You know that, right? Uh, that's correct. But I want to know when it drops. And I want to know how people okay. are able to watch it. So, you know, like 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 to help the people out, James. And then you said, oh, you want to all check out this jury duty show? I did check out jury duty, as a matter of fact. Um, it was pretty good. I liked the first episode okay, and episode two and three, I kind of started getting bored, and I haven't watched past that. How about you? Oh, I watched all of it, really enjoyed it. Okay, all right. I don't know if I'm going to keep watching it or not, but it's. I think I kind of like the concept of it better than like actually digging into it. You know what I mean? I think it's because they're not trying to make this person look stupid. They, mm-hmm. They're like, hey, how sweet of a boy is this man? Yeah, he and seems nice. He just is. Yeah, and they're like, oh, he's he is a sweetie. <laughs> I wonder if they knew that going in or if that was just like a happy accident. Watch all of it and you will find out. <laughs> okay, right on. Um, okay, yeah. We chose to watch today. We, I think we're finished talking about Wheel of Time because that's all we had to say. There's a lot of uh, new actor, not new actors. There's a lot of announcements about the actors and who they're going to be playing in the show. But mm-hmm. James, we have already talked about all that because all, as yeah. all these actors were being announced, I was telling you, and then I was also, you know, saying the same stuff on with, on the 1899 podcast and on the Dark podcast too. So I have nothing new to tell anybody other than. Mira Sayal, um, we we have known all along that she was cast, but now it seems apparent that she's going to have a much more predominant role. And straight up, do you know who Mira Sayal is, James? I don't, and I believe you mean it's become apparent. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> she's a, um, a British comedian. Uh, she stars on the show The Kumars at number 42. Ring a bell? Uh-uh. How about Doctor Who? That ring a bell? I mean, it rings the bell, but I've never seen any of <laughs> I've it. I've never seen any of it either. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. Um, but she's been in a couple episodes of that as well. And she's playing a pretty big role here in in Wheel of Time. It looks like she's going to have an extended role. So everybody's very happy about that. Nobody more so than me because I love comedic actors. And it looks like she's going to be one of those comedic actors that takes her role seriously. So I'm into that. Um. I wanted to say that I'm very happy to announce okay, this is this is like a little bit of a book cloak corner. OK, James, I, we didn't do okay. any reviews this week, right? You didn't bring any reviews with you? No. Uh. Uh-uh. OK, well, here's our little chance to, to, to talk about that some then. That was a big concern 
uh, or a big uh, talking point the book cloaks had like back when the show was coming out and uh, they were like, this show is terrible. One of their talking points was people are going to watch this show. People who have read Wheel of Time books all their lives and they're going to watch this show. And now every time they go and read the book, they're going to have these actors images in their heads while they read the books going forward. I am happy to announce that is not the case. I finished this whole series last year and then I read a couple more books in between and I've started, I actually, I finished Eye of the World. I'm on the Dragon Reborn now. Those characters look exactly the same in my mind as they did the first time I read it before I even knew who Joshua Stradowski was or Zoe Robbins mm-hmm. or anybody. Like the book Rand is still in my head and the book Perrin is still in my head and the book Nynaeve doesn't look anything like Zoe Robbins. So I always want to put that to rest. In my case, it did not ruin my reading experience whatsoever. Yeah, when I when I read the novelization of Yogi Bear's First Christmas, I had never <laughs> seen a Yogi Bear before. But watching Yogi Bear and then going back and reading the novelizations of his many feature-length films, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you want to know what? I'm, I'm still seeing a dumpier bear than what he's presented as in the show. <laughs> You're right. Um, okay, who's the guy who wrote, who wrote this thing? His name's Robert Jordan. And he has a little something to do with Conan, actually a lot to do with Conan. And that's the reason that you brought this to the table today, James, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I don't know. How, how did you know that Robert Jordan was associated with Conan? Is that just general I- knowledge? You had presented like, hey, let's watch. Some- I forgot what you said we should watch. I forgot to. So I was like, uh, yeah, maybe. And then I was like, well, Robert Jordan had to have not just done Wheel of Time. Let me right. look into the other things he's done. And then I was on his IMDb page. And then I was like, okay. oh, whoa, Conan, that's there. And not to be confused with Conan, the wrestler who is in Lucha Underground <laughs> that we make fun of a lot on Sweaty Time Pro Wrestling. This is a barbarian, okay? A destroyer. So I... I saw that he wrote some books and then an adaptation to Conan the Destroyer. I was like, whoa, let's just watch that. Yeah, it's common It's common knowledge to an author I don't know did the novelization of a movie I've never seen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, here's how this all goes down. Robert Jordan was just a dude writing books. He had, you know, he was about as popular as, you know, you and I are at podcasting. He had like, you know, tens of fans. And he frequented a bookstore in South Carolina where he lived. And there was a... um woman who worked there, Harriet McDougal. She was editor for Tor Books. I believe it's Tor Books. And, um, you know, they struck up a relationship. He impressed her by writing a, um, I mean, he didn't do it to impress her, but she caught wind that he wrote the, the novel Warrior of Altai in 13 days and back in 1980. It's a 338-page book. Mm-hmm. So, Tor was looking for somebody that could churn out novels very quickly because they had this property, Conan, and they wanted to give it to somebody that could, you know, get some novels going and that could write quickly and write well. You know, those are two (laughs) definite qualifications. So that's how he came upon, you know, Conan was through Harriet McDougal, actually. 
So 1982 is when he started up. He uh, did Conan the Invincible, and also in 1982, he did Conan the Defender. In 1983, he wrote Conan the Unconquered and Conan the Triumphant. In 1984, he wrote Conan the Magnificent, Conan the Victorious. And then he did, as you said, the novelization of Conan the Destroyer. So this is what I like, James. Okay, Conan the Destroyer is a movie. It came out. And somebody else wrote it. It's a script. Robert Jordan is tasked mm -hmm. with doing the novelization. So he had to sit there <gasps> and watch Conan the Destroyer and take, oh. take notes in his little notebook. And he had to like recap scene by scene. He's doing the same thing you and me are doing, James. Out of everybody I mean, in the that's... world who's into Conan, how many do you think have sat there and taken notes throughout the whole movie? Not many. Okay, that's absolutely not how novelizations work. That's exactly I how gasped. <laughs> I gasped because I thought you were going to come with knowledge and say like, and this he was working off from the original script that the treatment that the two original writers wrote, oh, not no. the one that eventually came to be from this one dude, but that's probably not the case because those two writers eventually took their original story and made it into a graphic novel in mm. like 2018, something around there, okay. just like Frank Miller's RoboCop 2 did. Okay, okay. I don't know. I just love the fact that, that you, me, and Robert Jordan have, have sat down and watched Cutting the Destroyer, taking notes, and <laughs> making sure we Again. get it all right. I think we're in great company today. I no. Okay, so yes. when yes. it's usually with <laughs> the original script, which is why no. when you go and like Friday the 13th, <laughs> a lot of the established lore mm -hmm. is branched off. People are like, that didn't happen in the movie. No, -uh, it happened in novelizations when you find out about like Jason's father and all of that. No, I think you're wrong, man. I think it was just like me and Heather sat down and watched Conan the Destroyer and she was rolling her eyes and like laughing and like, this is stupid. I was taking my notes just like Robert and Harriet did back in 1984, just like you and Nicole did a couple days ago. It's, it's a I'll one to one. I'll actually say something. Hmm? I I was expecting Nicole to be in the role of just rolling her eyes. She notoriously hates <laughs> sword and sorcery movies, just despises them. When we watch Mystery Science Theater, if there's like a Merlin style movie, she's <laughs> uh -huh. like, fuck, man, I don't want to watch this, but I need to like I enjoy Mystery Science Theater or Riff Tracks. Yeah, she was like, this is good. Oh, to Conan? Yeah, but I mean, like, in, like, oh, this is still trash. Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. It's good. It was, I mean, okay. Lindsay, who's a, a film critic, has taught me, like, there's, like, three things that she looks for in a movie. It's like she looks for the, the entertainment value the movie provides, the quality mm -hmm. of the filmmaking, and how much of a personal um, effect it has on her. So I would say for the entertainment value, just like watching the movie and just having fun, it's a 10 out of 10. This is a great fun mm -hmm. movie in all respects. And I don't see how anybody could not have a good time watching this. Nah, I, I mean, I could. Uh, <laughs> no. If, you, if you're like, I want a cohesive plot structure. <laughs> this is not for you. This well, is I mean, just like a, this is Pokemon. Okay, this is also like 1984. So like, I don't think anybody's expecting it to blow anybody's minds. And I think for 1984, and f I th 
I say this because I don't like going back and watching old stuff. I don't like watching stuff from the 80s and 90s. I just don't enjoy it. So I was. Wow, that's mainly what I watch. Yeah, I know. I mean, so that's that's one of the reasons that that we're not 100% simpatico is I just don't enjoy going back and watching that stuff. I like watching newer things. And um, you're like, if I see any grain on a film, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, so like I I wasn't really expecting to like like this as much as I did. And like from the get-go, I was like smiling ear to ear. I really liked it a lot. Um also I was hoping you'd be like, "What do you mean this is Pokémon? I cannot believe you did not ask me how is this Pokémon." Oh, cuz I had my own point to make and I forgot you said that. What do you mean Pokémon? What are you talking about, James? <laughs> <laughs> so like he keeps going just like in Pokémon how Ash, he'll go to a new town, he'll some <laughs> some yeah. something will flummox him. There's an issue and then in the process he catches a new Pokémon. Yeah. And then his team builds. <laughs> this is what this this movie is. Yeah, he first he caught he caught a Mako Pokemon, and then he went and, and he caught a what do you call the other one? What was it? Zula? He caught a Zula Pokemon. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. He went from village to village collecting these guys. Man, yeah. What I was uh, immediately drawn to, like within the first five minutes, they basically said the name of like every doom metal band that I like. So I'm going to get on the list. First, we got Conan, of course. Conan is like a very popular doom metal band. Uh, they got the Cimmeralian. And a popular wrestler from Mexico. And the popular wrestler from Mexico. Excuse me. <laughs> we got the Cimmeralian. We got Valeria, Krom, Dagoth, and Skelos. I mean, this movie has named some really great doom metal bands, and I'm happy for that. Hell Yeah. And they brought the camel back. I mean, that was a big scene in Conan the Barbarian when he punched the camel. And so they brought the camel back to get punched once more. I think that was like the Raiders of the Lost Ark moment, I would say, um, of the Dude, movie. Th- this this man loves punching <laughs> just quadpedal horses or anything that looks like a horse. <laughs> I thought he was kind of low-key. I went into this movie like... Um, First off, not thinking I'd enjoy it. I did enjoy it. But I was also like expecting to see some great Arnold, you know, Arnold being Arnold. Um, I didn't really see a whole, he wasn't really 100% Arnold. What did you think about that? Oh, I, I, I thought he was 100% Arnold. What I mean was he, he didn't have like the strong accent. He didn't have like a lot of goofy like quips like he does in a lot of his other action movies. Well, this is also eighty four, you know. The Terminator had just come out. Yeah, and like so he wasn't Commando fully was right after it. this, and he had all those lines from Commando. I mean, he was like big time between eighty two and eighty six. He was like in every movie ever, and I don't know. Like, uh, I just thought he was a uh, more low key than I expected him to be. Um, I just my exp- guess. Hmm? My guess is that. It wasn't his choice to do that. The times had changed. So like into 85 to 86, they're like, hey, we need some comedy and everything. And then by the time he gets to uh, Batman and Robin, that's just what people expect from him. Yeah, yeah. And good fair point, too, because Conan the Barbarian was a much different movie than Conan the Destroyer. Uh, Mm -hmm. That movie was a lot grittier and more just violent. And it was uh, just a salty and just... 
it was it was great, uh, but it was just more gritty. Um, and the same guy did the music for both movies, which really surprised me. Um, Basil Paladoris, because the music in Conan the Barbarian is really like stark and like um, um, not simplistic, but it's more just um, stark, I guess, just real. I don't want to say basic. What's the word I'm looking for here, James? You're my thesaurus, aren't you? Sparse. <laughs> the word I already said three times. <laughs> no, you said star. Oh, yes. Yeah, sparse. That Yes. Thank you. OK. <laughs> I was saying the wrong word, but thinking I was saying the right one. Um, you know, we'll just have like a kettle drum, some chains and then like a lone trumpet in the distance. This was Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. This was a lot more theatrical. The music was it was, you know, more of an orchestra. And like you said, it's a lot more campy, a lot more funny. And that's on purpose. It's a lot more brightly colored. Mm-hmm. And the director got a lot of flack for that. Who was that? Richard Fleischer. That's the guy. Um, he got some flack from some critics for making it too campy. And it didn't really score great, man. Um, did you see some of the uh, sco- the critic scores on this movie? Yeah. And it's like, that's not his fault. The studio asked him to do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's one of the big critic, um, complaints that I saw was that he did a poor job directing and made it too campy, even though, yeah, like you said, that was his marching orders probably. Um, yeah, yeah. 5.9 is the, uh, the average score it got on IMDb, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, but, um, out of the Google, all the Googling, I don't know, (laughs) 90% of Googlers liked this movie is one of the heck things yeah. that I saw. So it tells me like people who are like looking for Conan are like, heck yeah, I like that. So take that what you will. Uh, it made its money back. So <laughs> almost double 18 million is how much it costs to make this thing. And 31 million at the box office alone, not including DVD or VHS sales, or I okay. should say VHS. Or laser disc or laser disc or Blu-ray back in 1984. <laughs> Tubi.tv.com or GPT or none of that stuff. Um, so yeah, they, they were happy with this movie. Um, the cast. Okay. First we got Arnold, obviously. Um, did you, uh, do any kind of cast research at all before I get into this? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. I'm going to pass it off to you then. Oh, not enough to know people's names. <laughs> okay, Except pass, Wilt Chamberlain. Pass it back to me, James. <laughs> hey, what's what's the deal with Wilt Chamberlain? Wilt Chamberlain. He's um he and Grace Jones got this job not from acting, but just from being personalities in the eighties. He's of course a famous basketball player, most famously known for saying he's slept with ten thousand women. Later that was debunked. Ten thousand. Ten thousand, but that was later debunked. And the number is actually more like 4,600 women. So <laughs> take that's that with you. That's still so many. I told Nicole <laughs> 2,000 because that's what I thought it was. And she's like, that's sad. Yeah, it's, it is sad. Um, he plays a- I don't think it is. I mean, it's empty. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's enjoying himself every evening. Well, was enjoying himself every evening, but I'm not sure how much uh, connection he was making. Okay, what if I travel a lot and go see beautiful places? He he did do that, and he was a huge star. 
And okay, no, but what 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 if that's my thing? I enjoy going seeing a bunch of different places, like different mm-hmm. towns and cities. Are you going to be like, well, stick to one city, James? <laughs> yes, stay in Chicago. Don't go anywhere else ever. Okay. I wish. I, heard- I wish people would let me do that. <laughs> I'm a homebody too. <laughs> But anyway, Wilt Chamberlain plays our man Boombada. He is the bodyguard of the Princess Jenna. And she's played by Olivia Dabo. And do you recognize Princess Jenna by any chance? As an actress. I for there I was I forgot. Oh yeah, she's from I think no no no, that's the other woman in uh, the like queen. I was like, what? Where do I know this woman from? I was like, oh yeah, Return to Swamp or Return of Swamp thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, but no, not Olivia Dabo. Before anybody yells at us, um, she was mm-mm, the mm-mm. older, the cool older sister of Kevin Arnold in the Wonder Years. She played like his hippie Sh- older sister. Should I watch the Wonder Years? Do you think it's something I'd enjoy? Um, it's not campy at all, but it is definitely, um, I loved it. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd like okay. it now, but when it was coming on, when I was, I, you know, I was a man at the time it was coming on, I was already moved out of my house and I still enjoyed watching it. I thought it was, I thought it represented right. elementary school. Well, um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's, it's not like goofy, funny or anything along those lines. And it's not like all like funny sixties, like where it's. You know, they just play normal people in the 60s, which is what I like. All right. So what you're saying is stick to that 70s show and <laughs> step by step. If you want your giggles and laughs, then yes, that's what you want to stick with. Okay. But if you want to, like, have some heartwarming feelings and, um, you know, have some family connections and maybe cry a little bit, you're going to want to watch The Wonder Years with Olivia okay. Dabo. <laughs> You mentioned Sarah Douglas. Yes, she plays Queen Tamaris, and she has been in every like horror, thriller, slasher movie, including, what did you say, Return of the Swamp Thing? Yeah. She's also played Ursula in Superman and Superman 2. Um, that's where I know her from. I recognize her as Ursula immediately. Not Ursula, Ursa. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, who else we got here? Grace Jones, crazy musician, crazy model. She's awesome. I remember her most from like her 80s hit Pull Up to the Bumper, which was play, played a lot at the skate rink when I was a kid. Um, she plays Zula here. And oh, yeah, um, Akiro plays Mako. This dude has played, you know, this guy, you know, his voice. He's Aku from uh, ah Samurai Jack. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and he also played Splinter in the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. That's who is this guy? Which character was this? Um, Mako. He was the, the guy. The wizard. The wizard. Yes. Okay. Who's the Who's the fuck boy? <laughs> uh, that would be Tracy Walker. Um, he's known for like Batman, Repo Man, I Spit on Your Grave. Um, he became a huge star after this movie. Um, that's Tracy Walker. Okay. And he played Malik. And yeah, I, I kept calling him Ren because he talks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy all the time. Conan, what are we doing? But uh, did you ever watch uh, Hannah Montana by any chance? Oh, dude, I, I think I have seen every episode of Hannah Montana okay. and the movie. So you're familiar with Jackson then. 
Jackson, yes. Yeah, that's who that's who um that's who Malik reminded Heather of was Jackson. So she kept calling him Jackson okay. and I kept calling him Wren. So to each their own, uh, I suppose. I kept calling him Igor because he kept saying like, Yes, Master, that's the <laughs> voice he was giving off for us. Yeah, which is like Wren is basically Igor, more or less, for Wren and Stimpy. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and that dude Jackson also played in Kicking It with uh, Dana Doot. Do you remember Kicking It by any chance from Nickelodeon also? No, Disney. Kicking It was a Disney show. No, that might have been a little past my time. But as (laughs) Nicole has called me out, I will say some show. Also, Hannah Montana Forever, I think, was airing my senior year of high school. So Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't have been watching that, but I enjoyed it. Also, she's the same age as me, so it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I thought the show was fine. I'd like, you know, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Caleb actually who watched that. And, you know, I was totally fine with it. No issues at all. I know it was like the butt of a lot of jokes at the time, but I thought it was great. But anyway. For what it is, for like a Disney show, it's good, but, you know, it does suck. (laughs) Okay, yes. I mean, I... I think the listeners know my taste. I mean, I I like to say things are great when I just think that they're merely acceptable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's just my style. But James, first, I'm going to give you the Barnes Burner quiz. Because before we step into the world of Wheel of Time, I want to finish up with the world of dark. So just for all the dark people out there, James, I'm going to give you a quiz right now. And I want you... To guess if this act I'm telling you is a hip hop German band from 1986 or a hip hop German band or a German hip hop band, I should say that, um, from 2019, because those are the two time periods we're talking about in Dark is 1986 and 2019. And I gave Lindsay the Barnes Burner quiz last week with some with some death metal bands. She had to guess if they were from 1986 or from 2019. James, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All righty. I'm just going to go down this list in alphabetical order. So that way you don't have any, there's no pattern to it. So you won't know one way or another. Okay. So let's go. I got eight bands here. So you have a, you have a total of possible eight points. Let's see how you can do. First off, advanced chemistry. 1986 advanced. or 2019? 86. That's absolutely right. Have you heard of them actually? No. They're the most popular um, hip-hop band at, in this category. <laughs> so if you haven't heard of them, you haven't heard of the rest of these. Okay, here we go. Oh, you don't know that. I'm into underground stuff, so <laughs> I'll actually know the more obscure, sir. Right. Okay, okay, we got you here. Okay, so next up, Apollo Brown. Apollo Brown, that's got to be 2019. You're absolutely right. Good deal, man. So yes. far, so good. Two points. Uh, what's next in alphabetical order here? Okay, both bands have start with die. Okay, die Orsons. Die Orsons. Can you give me the spelling? Um, D I E, which is like the. the and then, oh, like die. Okay, I yeah. thought it was like I. I watch a lot of Japanese media, <laughs> so I thought it meant like God. You know, D A I. Oh, good guess. But yeah, this is just basically the Orsons, I guess. Die Orsons. Okay. Die Orsons. I though Orsons. I'm gonna say 2019. <laughs> hey, you got it, man. You are you know your German hip hop, dude. You're, you got this underground stuff going on. Okay, another die band. Die Totten 
Hassan. Daitaen Hassan. Yes. Uh, do, that sounds like someone's like name. Um, their hip sing, their hit single was um, "Hip Hop Bami Bop." That's why I was saying that earlier. Okay, yeah, you just gave it away. Eighty six. Okay, yeah, you're right. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, "That sounds so nineteen eighties." <laughs> uh, oh, there's one more die. Okay, um, I'm out of alphabetical order here, but we're gonna go for it. Princess die? No, um, die. Dang. Die Fantashing Veer, which is like Fantastic uh, Boy, I think. <laughs> the Fantastic Boy? Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, you want to know? I was going to say 86, but I feel like that's that sounds like some someone heard, like, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? That dude who sang about thrift stores. Oh, yeah, Macklemore. <laughs> Macklemore seems like he could have influenced people to be like, I'm going to be the fantastic boy. I'm saying 2019. <laughs> that was back in 1986. It's the first one Dang you got it. wrong. I'm so sorry. Dang it. Uh, if you would have heard their, let's see, their album is called Jets Giz Ab. So I don't know if that would have helped you or not. I know. What does that mean? No clue. I didn't look it up. <laughs> Dang it. I know. I'm just half-assing it here today. Okay. Next up, Flitz and Suppy. Flitz and Suppy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that Flitz and Suppy? Exactly right. Yes, it's Amsterdam. Okay. In Amsterdam. <laughs> Flitz and Suppy. Oh, how's Suppy spelled? S-U-P-P-E. So I guess it could be Sup. Flitz and Sup. Uh, oh, boy. You want to know what? It's, it feels like Rock Kim and Eric B., so I'm going to go 86. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's one more 2019 band, James. Dang I am it. so sorry. Two points that you do not have. All right. I think we just got two more here. Uh, president. And president is spelled just like you would think it is, except with a Z instead of an S. With a Z instead of an S? <laughs> yeah, President. Oh, president. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was like presidents, even though that's absolutely not what you said. <laughs> nope. President. I, that's got to be 86. It's got to be 2019. I'm so Dang sorry, it. James. I'm so sorry. But you have a chance to get ahead of the game here. You got one left, and I'm going to say it's worth four points. So if you get this right, you've got a 100 score. This band is called Rock the Most, and duh is spelled D-A. Rock the Most. Rock the Most? I mean, that sounds like 86. <laughs> that is 1986, James. You got yes! it, buddy. And that album is called Use the Posse. That's pretty sweet, actually. Okay. If you had told me that, I would have also been like, that's 86. I actually think that maybe later on we should look up this album because it's probably pretty dope. Now, if you had started saying German horrorcore, I would have, or if you were to have been like, hey, is this um, uh, uh, just like a popular band or a horrorcore? I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, I might know those people. Yeah, there was, there's only like pop hip hop. I mean, the, I was scraping the barrel coming up with these bands because some of these bands were real underground. There's not a whole lot of German hip hop out there. I hate to say. We are going to talk about Conan, though, now. I think it's time that we can start getting into the movie. I, this movie, if I wanted to, like, recap it scene by scene, it would be so easy. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. It's just set pieces. Yeah. It's like eight to ten set pieces. And there you go. So we're going to have a pretty easy time breezing through this thing. Um, I'm going to let you start out, though. Did you have any? Uh, did you have the first note for us, James? 
Horses don't sound like a minor Godzilla kaiju because that's what the the horses sounded like a <laughs> like that's not what that's not a horse. You're probably right. I didn't I did not make note of that. I didn't notice what you're referring to, but I'm going to take your well, word on it. It's right in the beginning. Just listen to any of the horses. And I'm glad Nicole, even though she was on her phone, I'm glad she was there because she was able to fill me in on Conan lore because she has seen the comic book covers. <laughs> oh, so she's a total expert then. She knows uh-huh. that, that he's got big muscles and that he wields a sword and that he sometimes wears like a headband. That's pretty much what uh-huh. you got to know. She has come home from working at a comic book store and said, I had a I had a pack of fucking order of 180 Conan comic books today. It wasn't fun. <laughs> it probably was not <laughs> lugging around. I mean, even if it was like the best comic book in the world, lugging around 180 of them doesn't sound like the doesn't sound like a plan. But I mean, what we do for money, James, it's what you got to do. And plus, she loves the comics, right? She's surrounded by what she loves. Say yes. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the first thing that happens is, yeah, there's horses streaming across the sunset. There's 13 of them. Heather was quick to count them and point out that there's 13 horses because we love numerology. Um, yeah, so Conan and his pal Malik are trying to pray to, to Krom, and they're interrupted by all these horses. And they have to... De- they. Go ahead and kill them all before they come to a reasonable conversation with the queen and Wilt Chamberlain. So I'm not sure if those de- if those um, deaths were necessary or not, but I don't know. It was fun action. No, I took that as, hey, let's see if this Conan the Barbarian is the real deal and kind <laughs> of sent people to their death. Yeah, exactly. I, w- I would have hate to have been in that crew. You had first, you had to like ride across the desert for who knows how many miles in the heat, mm-hmm. and then one by one <laughs> get sliced by Conan, or maybe get stabbed by little Malik who co- goes in there with this little uh, little side move that he's got. Yeah, and he just starts eating precious gemstones. Oh, yeah, because I think he's going to shit him out later, and that's like his little yeah. protection. <laughs> Nicole and I kept like we were like he's not stealing these gems for monetary gains he he's hungry (laughs) he read somewhere that like one of these gems can like you know satiate you for like 24 hours or something he's like hell Mm -hmm. yeah I don't need to eat anything after this but yeah he's got this is like hmm? he's like this is what it's like in Willy Wonka (laughs) it's an everlasting gobstopper (laughs) maybe it'll everlast in my tummy (laughs) Wait, the Everlasting Gobstopper should have some, because like, would you Hmm. be able to pass it? It should have a warning on it to say, do not swallow. Yeah, you're right. Some of those things are exactly choke sized as well. I never felt safe around those things. He loves murdering children. (laughs) Who does? Malik? No, Willy Wonka. Okay, yeah. Sure. The man known for... The man known for murdering children. Right. That's what I know him as, is the, the, the kid murderer. <laughs> well, uh, so Conan, we find out he's stronger than two horses with jockeys. I mean, he's larger than life. We know this. He's got Crom on his side and he's pretty easy to recruit. You just make him a, a promise that is seemingly impossible and he just goes right along with it. 
Like that's what they promised. Well, they promised to bring his girlfriend back from the dead. And he's like, okay, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, his queen, you should say, is not just a girlfriend. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes. Queen Valeria. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm minimizing her. I know. But at any rate, he didn't like, <clears throat> he didn't check to make sure there was like no monkey's paw action. Like, oh yeah, I'll bring her to life, but she'll be like a zombie or, you know, there could be all kind of, st- I mean, you know that she was going to mess with that deal. They didn't even plan to, for him to live because the whole deal was that they were going to double cross him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they make that dough right from the get go. But I just thought, you know, he's a big guy. He's easily led. He's got this guy Malik on his side, the thief. So I kind of think that Malik sh- probably should have vied for some uh, negotiations at that point. But they did not. They went along with it. So <laughs> we're going to go along with it, too. Yeah, I the moment I knew I was on board for this movie was Malik saying, "Oh, master, what do you think they're going to do to us?" and or what do you think they want? And Conan just goes, "They want to capture and torture us to death." And it's like, "Jeez, dude." <laughs> Uh, I knew I was going to love this movie uh, two scenes from now, but the f- ne- first, but the next stop he's going to make to catch the first Pokemon is he goes to enlist his wizard buddy Mako, and he rescues him from the cannibals just in time. Isn't that perfect timing? Mm-hmm. Also, this we get him just straight up punching a horse, and I believe that's <laughs> when Nicole knew she was on board with this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the punches too, the animal punches, I got to say, because I'm such an animal lover. I didn't like seeing the horses falling all over the place. That made me really upset. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but whenever they punched a horse or punched a camel, I was, all, I was always on board with that. Because <laughs> that's like, oh, you trained the horse to do that opposed to like, hey, let's just like yank on this horse real quick to knock him over. Ugh, I'm not a fan. Um 1984 for you, I tell you. We're going to go to the next village, though, and we're going to rescue Grace Jones. She's tied up, and Conan, we find out later the reason he rescues her is because she kind of reminds him of Queen Valeria, his love. Um, well, he likes wait, her spirit. We, I think we we went over an entire scene. With the uh, cannibal scene? No, even before that. Okay, what scene? Oh, yeah, they... Like, w- they uh. They went to the, like, castle or whatever where this other queen lives. Yeah, we did We did gloss over that. Did you have a note from that point? Uh, yeah, just she braids her hair with magic because one moment <laughs> this queen has, like, fully braided hair. And then the next scene, it's all out. Then the next scene is fully <laughs> braided. Right. And Nicole says, yeah, the magic of wigs. <laughs> And he pu- he bops this this camel on the head. Love yes, that. That was my favorite. That's the, I've already talked about it twice. This sets in the her costumes are the best, and I thought the costume department did a great job. As oh, yeah. the movie progressed, I kind of saw things like shoddier and shoddier. But like the first, I think ten or fifteen minutes were pretty top notch. I think it's all top notch. And then we're introduced to the Wonder Years lady. And she's just like staring into the void saying, I saw the dream. I saw it. And then it's like, shut up, go to sleep. And then (laughs) 
what she says to Wilt Chamberlain, the queen says, you must protect her life and virginity. And I was like, <laughs> what's the difference? Because if I ain't a virgin, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I, di- I didn't have any notes for any of that stuff because I just I, <laughs> I just saw it as a big set piece for the next action plot, I suppose. I just, I needed to say the, my mom's going to kill me if I'm not a virgin. I got that perfect. I'm going to put that right at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Good. All right. We uh, pick up Grace Jones. I think, I think once they get Grace Jones, they got the whole crew together now. They got, yeah, they got everybody. And for some reason, I, Grace Jones has to battle Bombada before she can join the crew. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't quite follow the logic there, but I, I enjoyed the fight and I en- enjoyed her spirit. Um, what, did you, what kind of notes did you have there? I don't know who said this. It might have been her or someone else, but someone, I guess, said, I'm yours. Take me. <laughs> I don't remember that line. I don't either, but she's a furry. <laughs> who, Grace Jones? Yeah, because she has a little tail on her back. <laughs> That's right, she does. I didn't make that connection. I don't even know what that thing is, but it's adorable. Just like little weebs at, at anime conventions are walking around with a tail, you know? <laughs> Did Conan make fun? He made fun of her staff at one point. I don't know if it was now or later, but I thought that was kind of cute. How like she wit- I mean, she's showing us how badass she is with her staff. And then Conan, like, kind of laughs at it. It's like, oh, she's got a toothpick. So they, they're heading off to that awesome castle on the lake. I like this a lot. And oh, yeah, this is when Heather gasped because at night that wizard turned into a dragon and flew across the lake and captured Princess Jenna. And like a fit of animation that I've never seen. I, I loved it. Um, I didn't really have any funny notes. I just I just enjoyed the campiness of it. Oh, yeah. The set of the wonky-eyed king's castle is amazing when they oh. get up to that door. And I said to Nicole, I was like, the sets on this are wildly outlandish and amazing. Yeah. And Nicole's like, how do you know they're sets? I was like, Nicole, <laughs> look at this. This has to be a set. And then later on, I confirmed. I was like, yeah, you think they're going to like – it's just being destroyed right now, Nicole. And you can see the rocks. Yeah. They're floating. <laughs> Oh, especially this. Uh, well, we'll get to the scene in a bit because I think it's hilarious. But yeah, the obvious set pieces at first when they were like in that uh, circle. I'm going back to the beginning when Conan was fighting the 13 horsemen. I mean, obviously, that was like a not a set. That was like a natural yeah. environment that they were at. So that's when I started being impressed when I was seeing all this stuff. And then later when I was seeing the set at the castle, that's when I was saying that the that the uh, the quality was going down as the as the movie what? progressed. I, I, you just said yourself it had a campy set that you could tell it was a set. Yes, I love sets. <laughs> I have, this is for real, Steve. Okay. I have been having dreams that I'm living within the world of step by step and I'm <laughs> on the sets, but they're like real life. And I'm like, I've made it. I'm happy here. <laughs> 
You know, one of the one of the actresses from Step by Step actually said your name. I heard her say Marshland Monster three times. I know. And thank you, sir. I will be. uh, I need to message that individual and be like, would you like to be on my podcast? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You should have done that from day one because she might have forgotten by now. She remembers the Marshland Monster. Come on. Three times. She knows who you are. Hopefully. (laughs) So, yeah, we get the boat scene now. Conan's going to boat everybody across uh, to the castle. They have a secret access up the stairs they can go to. And it looks like everybody's vaping at this point, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything. I think that's what they were doing because it wasn't cold. It wasn't like like kind of like a cold, frigid breath kind of thing. I don't know how they were making the smoke come out of their mouths. Maybe they were straight up smoking, but it looked like they were vaping to me. Oh, I know how. I write it in trivia. Okay, yeah. They just, it's so... It's bad. It's insane <laughs> that this was allowed. Okay. They put dry ice in their mouth. No, they didn't. And they, like, made cages so it would be safe so it didn't, like, burn their mouths. And they would just, like, blow out in order to, like, give that effect. Okay, you're being for real. Yes, 100% real. It's Whoa. baffling <laughs> that this was allowed. <laughs> Yeah, they should have just let them smoke. That would have been way easier. <laughs> My guess is that, like, if you saw that, like, they'd have to... Oh, clear the set. Yeah, I don't know. It do, Yeah, like, smoke does, like, mess with the camera lenses and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I can see why, but that is insane. Okay. Dangerous. Love it. Okay, so, like, our wonky-eyed guy, as you call him. I, I didn't even catch his name. I just know he's a wizard. This was this was the scene of the. I know that there's there, this is not the apex of the movie. This is simply like the end of Act Two, but this whole glass crystal room with like the monster in the red robe, that was wonderful. That's that's the, yeah. that's a scene that I saw when I was a kid that I, I thought about for years afterwards. It's one of those scenes that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And how they get into the castle that they, they were like, hey. Wizard it open magic man to like the, the, there's this door and they're like hey wizard you can do this and he's like that's not really how magic has its limitations guys <laughs> yeah this and was at this point yeah. I wrote down this movie has plot holes but I, it, it's it's better for it you know yeah I I don't think they really need to like explain a whole lot and if there's a plot hole I don't think they need to address it just just move on and have fun. <laughs> I think it's the name of the game. But he's got to smash all those mirrors um, in order to defeat the beast. And this is the monster that, uh, yeah, he's, he's a little rough, a little, little rough looking in my opinion. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little. But they wrestled. Uh, yeah, they wrestled. They were actually doing wrestling moves in there. Oh, yeah. When, when he picks up Arnold and like starts making yes. a circle with him, yes. like spinning him around. That was so good. <laughs> I mean, that's that shot is like parodying so much. I mean, this was a parody of the original, but having Conan do the spin is wonderful. Um, but we learn it's all an illusion, of course. Um, he was mirrors all along. <laughs> Just a mere reflection. And sorry, Conan, your crystal is in another castle. Oh, no, the crystal was in this castle. So they did this for a reason. It almost seemed like this uh-huh. whole thing didn't really have a purpose, but they got the crystal. Was that the plot? Hole? I love how Arn. Oh, no, the, the, the in the sense that, like, 
things just happen. There's no, I guess, like, the movie itself is filling in the plot holes, but the plot holes are there. It's like, hey, there's some structural issues in your, (laughs) on your, like, uh, on your house, and they're, you're like, just fill it with cement. It's fine. And it's like, I don't, I mean, like, yeah, but you should address it further. Nah, just fill it with cement. <laughs> well, they have, I like this next part. They have a horseback sword fight, and this is something you don't see very often. Um, real fancy sword fight on horseback. Um, but this is when you figure out that Bombada is a bad guy, and he's definitely, there's mm-hmm. definitely some distrust sown here. Um, and this is also, this was a scene I did not understand and they could have taken great advantage of the drunk Conan scene, right? Like I didn't really understand why he was drunk and it seems like Bombada could have really taken advantage of that situation, but he didn't. He just had fun watching Conan be drunk. And they could have all seen if his dick was as muscular <laughs> as his body. And speaking of which. Oh Yeah. Okay. I was I I wrote <laughs> down if I, if I was this yoked would butter respect me. Hmm. Does butter respect you now? I I don't think butter just does whatever <laughs> she wants to do. Well, there's your answer. You can get as yoked as you want and butter is going to keep on doing what butter is going to do. Dang it. I did <laughs> also sorry. have a note still when they were in that castle as it starts to crumble. Oh, sure. You know in Amityville when there's I I think it might be a ghost or it might be someone screaming just get out. <laughs> yes. Arnold does that, and it would have been so funny if he was the voice of the house in Amityville. <laughs> it would have been a little better. I think so. so and yeah, in in the previous scene that we were talking about, that fight when you find out he's – he oh, this guy's clearly evil. That dude with the snake helmet was so cool. Oh, yes, absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, those are just the things that I'm like, that's cool. My, yeah. uh, we used to have a belt that was like a, a actual King Cobra, and it <laughs> freaked my mom out to no end. Like, it was a belt that someone <laughs> made out of a cobra, and... Oh, I see. We would place it in her like her side of the bed so when she would pull the covers off the snake is there and she's like ah! we had a fake snake that looked really real that real that we did the same thing with charlotte too so hell yeah but this is a real snake made into a belt and this is a wooden snake that looks real but it's not okay <laughs> Oh, the muscles. You were talking about his muscles before. I think the only reason that we have this scene where they go to this next castle and they're trying to open this door and they have and they have to do it in such a way that you can see his back muscles really well. So I kind of think that was the whole point of the scene was to show off Conan's back muscles, which there's trivia Oh, the I believe the producer who did both of these movies said, hey, first Conan movie, Arnold had too many clothes on. We couldn't (laughs) see his muscles. Just do not have any like just enough clothes for us to secure that PG rating. And that's it. I did notice at the end when he went up to like get his honors from like the new queen. That he was completely naked. And I was like, even yeah. for like a ceremony like this, you don't put clothes on, huh? Uh-uh. <laughs> Not even a robe or anything. But yeah. I he also, be- yeah. I also had some notes about 
the what's it called uh, that drunk scene? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, Wonder Years girls goes. I suppose <laughs> nothing hurts you. And then there's a beat, and Arnold says, "Only pain." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, that's fucking cool." It is. Wow, him too. That's something we have in common. <laughs> And yeah, we all have that in common. <laughs> and I guess people with nerve damage, they don't. So uh, that oh, hey, master, that dude. Yeah, he like goes up to Grace Jones and starts like rubbing her inner thighs, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Covering your wounds, master." And then like a nice guy, she because she's like, "Dude, quit doing that. I'll punch you in the neck." Right. She, uh, he's like, "Oh." What's the world come to when you try to do something nice for someone and you're you're met with threats? I remember that. He went off and pouted under the tree and oh man, he he was like really trying to get into her crotch big time. So Oh yeah. He deserved that. And oh, so sorry that nice guys finish last there, Malik. <laughs> he's lucky he li- and, he's lucky he lived after that encounter. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, I, in between them going to that big door, uh, just what's her face? Because I guess Wonder Years girl is really into Conan for some reason. Yeah, big and, time. And she's like, oh, explain sex to me, <laughs> Igor. And Igor is like, uh, uh, you know, uh, like constantly saying up to the point where you actually need the information. He's like, you know, but no, <laughs> this is why she's asking. This is sex education in the United States of America's public school system. Yeah, exactly. It, you, you know, you know how to do it. You can figure it out, kids. Ask your friends. Ask your 11-year-old friends how to do it. Yeah, he— Walk on to Pornhub, okay? <laughs> I did think he was he was awfully um, like PG and mild about all that, especially when after he was trying to to feel up <laughs> Grace Jones. But yes, that Princess Jenna was really into Conan, and I think it's because not only is he really handsome, but he is the first man she's seen <laughs> besides Bombada. Yeah, so obviously she's going to be attracted to him. So he pretty much could, could maybe be anybody. And she'd be like, oh, you're different from Bombada. Let's let's think about some things. I also read, speaking of Bombada, they needed to, because Wilt Chamberlain is so tall, they needed to <laughs> yeah. import a special horse from Spain. Yeah. Because all normal-sized horses, his legs would still be hitting the ground. <laughs> I read the same thing, too. I didn't write it down, but yeah, he's a giant. And those scenes where you see them standing next to other people... It's mm-hmm. it's it's unsettling because, you know, Arnold's huge. And so you got this huge guy towering over the other huge guy. At some point, they get to like enough talk. And I, I don't I don't remember the next scene, James, I got to tell you. But I know they have to swim through a secret entrance way. And they put an awful lot of trust into the wizard at this point. Do you remember the swimming scene where they had to swim into that castle? Yes, I do have – I think maybe I should be guiding the conversations because I'm constantly one note behind in scenes. <laughs> okay. All right. So what about that silly – I mean, first off, I loved it. It was great. I'm glad they did that. But at the same time – okay, and when I was a kid and saw that scene, it, 
I didn't question it whatsoever. I was like, oh, cool. A secret underground, you know, entranceway. That was a long entranceway. And they had no prior knowledge of how long it was going to be, how long they should hold their breath. They all, pr- well, they all probably should have died there. I think they they had some information because this was the part where Igor's like, oh, my cousin's sister's brother told me about this. Was that the, I thought I thought the wizard was the one that um, that clued them into that. No, no, that was him, which, hey, what is who is your sister's or who is your cousin's sister's brother? OK, my cousin, Sarah, if she has a sister, that's also my cousin. And their brother is also my cousin. <laughs> yes. <All Yeah>. right. <laughs> Wowzers. It's so stupid, but I love it. Uh, but quickly, when they're in that big stone door area and that that set piece. Okay. With the, Wilt Chamberlain and Arnold, they're lifting up this stone door. And I said as a joke uh, in his voice, I go, do you need my help with this stone door, master? I wrote that down. And then literally after I pulled my pen up, he's like, hey, let me help you guys. I'm like, he did it. He did it. You got to know when to jump in and know when to say that I did something. So this was this mm-hmm. was his excuse to to, to step in there and save the day good job malik (laughs) yeah what do you have as your next note then because i have the sweet castle set is next yes that is my next i my next note is oh dargith god of virginity please bless us (laughs) they blessed us with a a mike tyson ear bite this was an oh yeah early call like I, i almost wonder if mike tyson has watched this movie a bunch and then when he like was in the heat of the moment during his boxing match, if he conan the guy, I don't know. Yeah. So do you, I hope. I mean, I don't know. I, I've never heard that 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 you know. I just know that that was a vicious act, and you know, I think he got um, not arrested for it, but he definitely got fined or something for it. He got charged for it, I should say. But yeah, I wonder if it was inspired by this movie because this was a pretty darn popular movie for everybody at that time. And he's he's the right age. He's exactly my age. Whoa. <laughs> Me, him, and Ben Affleck. Hell yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that great that me and Ben Affleck are the exact same age? <laughs> Dang, in another life you could have been married to Jennifer Lopez. <sighs> well, you know, maybe this life too. You never know. I hope not. No. <laughs> I mean, don't you, let your wife hear this. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. Your co host don't listen to this. My wife doesn't listen to this. We're completely safe, James. We can say whatever we okay. want now. <laughs> All right. It's just me, you, and the 50 listeners. That's it. No Heather, no co hosts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wrote down Kaiju with a question mark. Did something Kaiju happen here? <laughs> well, yeah, the god comes about after they stick that horn in it, and it right. becomes a giant monster. Not that big, but it's a large monster. Like, five people had to man that thing. That's right. And ripping that cone off his head was, it was nasty. I have, it, I have okay, I know this was totally fakey, and it didn't look real at all, but it did look disgusting. And I felt like I could feel my forehead getting peeled as I was watching it. So I couldn't quite watch it except like through my strained eyes, like my strained fingers with my hands over my eyes. I don't like bad things happening to people's bodies. (laughs) 
I'm a big baby, James. Oh, well, I, I also, I also had a visceral reaction to it, but not that like I have a horn. No, this is maybe because I'm younger than you, so my memory of this is more recent. Okay, but it's like pulling out a tooth. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got some, uh, I got some memories of that Actually, too, James. <laughs> Yeah, because also you uh, you have children. Well, I famously have a missing tooth that it just that just came out like about oh. four years ago. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I I was thinking about maybe doing like a live stream to see if I could get a tooth because I saw your live stream was successful. You got your money that you needed for your uh, your wisdom teeth uh-huh. for your X ray. So all I yes. need is eighty five hundred dollars. So. <laughs> So once I get that yeah. money, I can get myself a new tooth. <laughs> I, uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you'll need to start showing some dick if you want that kind of money. If I had that kind of, that's what I was telling Heather. I was like, even if I had that kind of money, a tooth is the last thing I would want to spend. it. I'd buy a car. Yeah. I'd buy an automobile, not a tooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, we're tooth buddies. I know all about getting teeth pulled out because this is a, this is a recent thing here I got in my mouth. Uh, let's see. Uh, and yeah, my I have two more notes. One is the that monster had a vagina mouth. Oh God, yes. Oh, <laughs> it was disgusting. But you're right. You're right. Not that vaginas are disgusting, but this monster's vagina mouth was disgusting. Yes, and uh, I also, Nicole and I agreed that the clit is the tusk of the <laughs> vagina because that's where its horn was. Okay, I'm glad you all agreed. Did you all have a handshake and, agreement on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and my my last two notes are Conan respects women. I put here that Conan is a real Chad, <laughs> so it's kind of the same uh-huh. thing. <laughs> And that final shot was sick as hell. Him sitting on his throne, the most clothed he has ever been in this movie, but looking so rad. Oh, man, this movie rocks. I agree that visually that that last shot was great, but it was a huge cop out. Like, uh, this is what happened to Conan. We'll give you two sentences, but that's a story for another time, which we'll never tell you except in a novel. (laughs) <laughs> well, they wanted to, you know. I know they wanted it. Um, yeah, I had a note that the new queen is uh, turned very feminist. Like, she was, you know, very old-fashioned, like, towards the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. But she turned into a feminist by the end, so I was happy about that. Saying that, you know, Zula, Zula well, can be just as tough of a fighter as a man. It's as if, you know, meeting people who aren't like you make you more tolerant. It could, yeah. And for 1984, this was a heck of a message, too, I got to tell you. But yeah, I was surprised that Conan did reject Jenna. I mean, I know he loves, you know, Queen Valeria. Um, It was like a a pretty stud move to to reject all that and walk away. Because it almost seems like... What he's after is not possible, right? <laughs> it's a fantasy world. Anything's possible, baby. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe he, I think he's just maybe waiting for his death because he talks about like, you know, she sits at the right hand of Krom. And of course, Krom is the god. And he thinks that when oh, he yeah. dies, he gets to go sit by Krom too on another cool throne. People like to sit on cool thrones a lot in this world. I knew. <laughs> 
I knew someone in high school. I won't say who they are. I don't know if they're like cool with this story being told, but uh, they were dating someone who they are now married happily to. But in high school, Mm -hmm. uh, she moved out of state. And he was like, I, my, my life is to be with this person. So mm. he just started like to escalate the time. He just started doing drugs in high school and like just <laughs> entire high school was just like, I'm doing drugs to speed up time so I can eventually be with this woman. Hmm. And luckily that's how it like it ended up being good. But you know, there are some turbulent times there. But he's kind of like Conan. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's Conan's drug is like walking around with a sword, like smashing Mm -hmm. things, praying to Krom, of course, starting fires. That's his drug to pass the time, I guess. Um, I'm glad that story ended well. What's that? Hitting horses. (laughs) Hitting horses, hitting camels, hitting any kind of four-legged animal you can find. Uh But I'm glad the story had a happy ending. He got he ba- got back with the same person that he was pining for that whole time, and then when he got back mm-hmm. with her, um, I don't want to say he. I don't know. I guess they're fine now. If he's still doing drugs, I mean, drugs are okay to do in certain respects. So happy no, endings, good. James. <laughs> yeah. Well, James. And speaking of endings, this is it. We're into the podcast, James. We went a little oh. bit over, it, but that's okay. The only thing I have to plug is that there is a live stream coming up, and I asked you the date. Is it July 2nd or July 3rd? It's July 1st and 2nd, the Kaiju Con, where Nicole and I, where it's going to be four podcast recordings over two nights. It's going to be a great time, and I believe a little Steven is in the midst. That's why I bring it up. James invited me to come on and watch a Kaiju movie with him. We're not going to watch Conan. We're going to watch something different. Uh, but yeah, please join us over there on July 1st and 2nd. I'm going to provide a link for myself. And mm-hmm. that's my plug for the week. What do you got to plug this week, James? Okay, hey guys, a new song is out, Pulpit Aesthetics, the Mullum House remix. It's very good. Please listen to that. New song with Dragon Boy Suede, I think July 7th, maybe, around there. Sweet. It's called Ill-Fated Brigade. Please listen to that. We're working to make all these singles into an album. It's going to be a good time. And head over to MLMPod.com to find out information about all my other podcasts and Patreon.com forward slash pod where for $5 a month you get exclusive content every single episode or every single Friday. Oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm, all, I'm discombobulated. Conan did it to you. And if you pay $10 a month, you get shout outs every month. And I'm a shout out guy because I, I subscribe to James's Patreon, so you should too. We all subscribe to mm, <laughs> me too, James. MLMPod.com. We're breaking up so much, James, so our technology is failing us. So we're going to say bye bye for this week. Next time I talk to you, James, on Sweet Shot of Time, mm-hmm. we'll be in September watching some Wheel of Time. So until then, James, whoo. I said, ho, ho. <laughs> and until then, I hope you always find some water and shade, sir. And I hope you punch some horses. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.